With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. now and and i'm over here so if we're coming out of different sides of the speakers or we sound uh flipped around it's because we are we are i mean there's no doubt about it this is just kind of an odd night because we're at a, a different time <laughs> that's why we switched up our seats so well, we switched up the time we switched up our seats we switched i'm up. wearing your pants which is weird and i'll right. tell you why you have really long legs you have those dancers legs no i do um i dance a lot i mean there's a reason they call me tiny dancer and and uh Wow. Nailed it. Uh, so I think you should go on um, one of those singing shows. You know what? I think I should too. What's uh is it like America? Well here's why, because if, if they judge it like um the 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 liberals do, then you would be on an even playing field with people like, you know, major stars. So, um, and then you would have a shot to win because would they would, win. because well, hang on, because they would take some of their score, which would be like a ten, and and even it out with your score, which would be like a one. So you'd both end up with like a five and a half or a five, and and all the way up to the to the show's end. What do you think? You know, what? I think that's a brilliant idea. I'll put in for it. I think it's uh, I and think then one of them's coming this way soon. And then if they give you like give the other person like a contract, that's not fair. What? Right. Why is that not fair? Well, because you didn't get a contract also. That's and so they should have to give you some of their money from that contract. I, I You know what? We I, have this figured out. I like where this is going because I definitely haven't earned it, and I definitely don't have the right to be a professional singer. Right. But I have a right to the money. Exactly. So I That somebody I, else earned. <laughs> Spoken like a true progressive. I commend you, <laughs> sir. How has your week been? I'm doing well. How was your week? I um, can't. I have no real complaints this week. I'm not going to lie. None at all? I have several. 
Really, I want to start hearing them. Oh, no, you're going to hear them over the course of the next couple of hours. Well, yeah, but that's the whole point of doing the show. Oh, right. As we just... It's just a big bitch session. It's that's really just our complaints and things that we notice, and you know what I mean? It, it, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason we do this show. We're not making a difference. <laughs> I'm just keeping my... Uh, Keeping my stress level down. I come here. I come here for two hours every week to have a, a, a gripe session with you, yeah, Sako. To get to get yeah to get your acid reflux aggravated again. Uh, yeah, which is perfect. <laughs> and then I go home. Right. So you know I. I <laughs> oh, we're gonna start. What do you want to start this week? We have so much. Um, we we have an interesting show, and um, I, I, I'm I'm. Some of the things that we're going to discuss are I don't think they've they've made um, a lot of headlines, so they're out there, but you kind of have to have to search for them. Um, so and they kind of education and Eric Holder seem to kind of be some central. Really keep coming up over and over and over again tonight, tonight. and I, I just think that's the craziest thing. You would think at some point he would stop saying things. <laughs> <laughs> if I were Eric Holder, I'd consider it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so hang on. I gotta, I gotta set the scene for what's happening here. No, hang on. No, 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 no. Sako, you're the sound guy. That Hold means on. you don't get to talk. So I'm gonna mute your microphone. So I bought in this big Costco giant size of candy, right? This huge, mixed, huge mixed bag of candy. So Sako is overrunning the soundboard, and he does a phenomenal job with it. I, and then he he gets up from his chair. He gets this perplexed look on his face. I couldn't I couldn't tell if it was indigestion, constipation, or consternation. Either way, he, so he he gets up from his chair and he he's kind of looking around. And so my attention is drawn that way. And I see you look too. And so we kind of yeah, start because, searching you know, for words, right? And he waddles over, knocks my chair, waddles, kind of spins me spins me around into the microphone. I don't know if you guys heard that and picks up the bag of candy which is about the size of a 40 pound bag of dog food i'm about to tweet it <laughs> because not only you did should you do that but he just left it in a pile on the ground he and he rummages through the, he rummages through the entire thing candy spilling everywhere to get the, the ones that he wants and then he takes all of that particular kind and stuffs his pockets with it. So it's spilling out of his pocket. It's, it's, he's opening it up. It's, it's in his beard, right, as he's chewing. And, and he, he leaves the rest of the candy that he didn't want on the floor. Well, and you know what? I don't think that was the problem. What really bothered me is he kicked you on the way back by. <laughs> And now he's blowing in my ear, which is weird. So, Sako, how are you tonight? I'm phenomenal. Good. Listen, Enjoy that candy. <laughs> some. If anyone wants 75 bags is some. If anyone wants to see the evidence left over, you can go to our Twitter account. It's going up there. It's evidence of Sako's attack. Um, there, did you, did I, you I, take I, that I just, picture? I just tweeted a picture out right now, so it's all set. <laughs> Nice. Sako, thank you for coming in early tonight. We love you for it. We appreciate it. Um, so that's our news. Breaking news. Uh, Sako was hungry. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And another fact I news, what's Michael Moore doing this week? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can poke fun because I am fat. You know what the best part is? Is He's probably, he's not fat like me. 
He's just he's from Saka or Michael Moore. No, Michael Moore is sadder than me. He's he's one of the few that I could say, hey, I'm not as big as Michael Moore. Now he's now he is making it right and cleaning it up. So thank you, Sako. Thank I, you. I'm here for my bag. <laughs> I'm leaving you the mess. <laughs> so. Eric Holder and not shutting his mouth is where I believe we left off at. It, it, it is, but I actually want to start with a story out of out of California. Oh, thank you from my uh, copy of the Constitution, the show copy of the Constitution, which I received uh, courtesy of Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College. So, um, how nice of them! Tremendous uh, online program they have with uh, free um, online classes. Amazing for uh, for the public. They, the, the Constitution 101, the Constitution. Um, 201, and then they have uh, a couple history courses, which are, are phenomenal. If, if you haven't uh, taken those, chan- those those classes or haven't heard about them, you can go to uh, online.hillsdale.edu and uh, learn more about them. Uh, so thank you, Hilltop College, for, for putting that out. Um, Sako, are you out of here? I'll leave it early. How's our sound going to so, so How's I our sound going to run? You're good. You want to take some candy with you? I got some. All right, cool. <laughs> 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 so uh, there was uh, a bill that um, came out of California, and it, it it troubles me, but I want to get your take on it. Uh, it is Assembly Bill 1266. Now, for those of you who don't know, California, uh, the Democrats have a super majority, and um, they are passing some just off-the-wall stuff, in, in my opinion. Um but this, this bill is this Assembly Bill 1266. And, and is yes. Again, the reason we worry about California so much is because a lot of times it is the test bed for all things liberal before it gets pushed on the federal level on a regular basis. So oh yeah. Somebody asked me, you know, I, I and, think you guys are best based out of the West Coast, but you talk about California a lot. Well, there's been especially when it comes to gun laws, but a lot of other laws have started on a local yes. level in California. If you want to know what the progressive movement is going to do or where California. Washington is going to go, you've got to look at California. I mean, look what Washington's trying to do with the assault weapons ban. California has done that a long time ago. Right. So, so that's why California is so important when you're trying to identify where the progressive movement, where the liberal movement is, is trying to go. And where um, the patchouli smell is coming from. Which is California. It's like right. a patchouli and body odor uh, kind of a, a thing <laughs> they have going on. Uh, this Assembly Bill 1266, again, it's known as the bathroom bill. And it was approved uh, this week in, in the Assembly's Education Committee. It, it came out of committee with a 5-2 to two vote. Um, it's going to probably end up uh, advancing to the full Assembly um, uh, for for consideration and vote. And I can actually, the scary thing is, I can see this passing Oh yeah, I, I hope some. I hope there are some principled Democrats out there that have children and are like, yeah, I don't want my kids I, I, exposed. Yeah, so, so here, here's what it says. And to quote, to quote a bill, um, it, it this bill basically is is trying to amend the education code and require that that uh, schools comply with the mandates of the bill. Which, in, in quoting here. Uh, it says, a pupil shall be permitted to participate in sex-segregated school programs, activities, and facilities, and facilities, including athletic teams and competitions, consistent with his or her gender identity, regardless of the gender listed on the pupil's records. So, basically, if, if uh, a female wanted to play men's football or men's baseball because they identify with the male gender, they can. If uh, a, a male athlete 
wanted to play women's volleyball or, or women's softball, they can because they identify with that gender. However, facilities is, is also listed, and facilities has me the most trouble because facilities, of course, includes restrooms and locker room facilities. Yes. So I'd like, I'd like you to think about this, especially if you're a parent, and I don't care what side of the political aisle you are on. Um, imagine as a parent you have a, a high school, and I'm going to use daughter. Um, you, have, you have a daughter, and let's say age 14, 15 years old, and that daughter is in a locker room. Either it's, it's physical education, it's a sport, um, or even she's using the restroom. Um, maybe she's having some, some, um, some personal issues, some menstrual issues, whatever the case is, and in walks a boy. Mm-hmm. And she's changing. Um, she has, you know, she has those, those uh, adolescent, uh, adolescent things going on. She's going through changes. And in walks this boy while she's changing, and he says, I identify more with the female gender. Mm-hmm. And no, nobody in the school is able to ask him to leave or remove him. There's nothing her parents can do to get her out of that situation or to prevent that from happening. I see some real problems here, and I see this 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 progressive mentality kind of pervading of well, we really shouldn't have gender identity. We shouldn't. We should be acceptance of every accept, accept accepting of everybody. And while I agree, you can accept everybody. I don't agree that you have to um, potentially victimize or be completely disrespectful of the feelings or regards of, of the 90-whatever percent for the sake of, of the few. And I see some real – I mean, I could see some issues here where that could cause potentially some emotional stress for our children. Yeah. Am I, am I wrong? No, no, it could cause a serious amount of stress. I mean, I can't – and I, I know that as you get older, you forget what it's like to be young, but I can't imagine – being even a fourteen-year-old guy, we have kids. We both have kids. So if if your kid, if the, your kid was exposed to this situation, I would be very uncomfortable. Absolutely I'm not about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, just, and anyone's children, you know, most schools now do have the men's room, the women's room, and then like the unisex room for the people that don't want to identify or whatever. Well, either, or family restrooms, family restrooms, like and all that, that stuff. You know, and I know there are other countries that do this, and they say they don't have any problems. So that's other countries and what they do. The simple fact that as a child, a 15-year-old kid who's still a child, a boy, walks in to a women's locker room because he says he identifies with it or vice versa, um, or, or a female walks into a male's locker room, creates such... A, so many levels of issues. You you have just the regular self comfort issues. So mm-hmm. Kids at that age are already self conscious. Absolutely, boys, um, boys boys and girls. Boys and girls, as much as fifteen year old boys will never admit it, they are. You have that. What happens if one person from one sex uses that to take advantage of a person of the other sex, male or female, female or male, whatever? Um, so you have that issue opening right up. I know if I had a daughter, and there's some kid who. It, it, Believe me, 15-year-old boys would never do this. Says, hey, you know what? I identify myself as a female, so now I'm going to change and take showers every single day in the women's locker room. Yeah. 
And then he's in there the whole time pointing at boobies. I mean, just, yeah. come on, how many of us have been 15 and tried to scam our way in there out of something thinking? I'm pretty sure they made a movie about that, but it was <laughs> it's called, called, it's called or Porkies. Porkies, or something. Yeah. Porkies. You know, you have those issues. Um, and, and then what about the kids who don't want somebody in there? Or they, it doesn't matter. This, right. this bill, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a sweeping bill, which we it's talked a, about in California. So you have all these issues, and I'm sure that there are civil rights groups who are hailing this as a victory. The, the, the ACLU is. Um, well, I'm, sure, about, I'm sure teachers' unions but and, uh, and, and tra- transgender activists. The ACLU activists. who also, you know, they're, they're so good. They, Weird, they're right? Of, yeah, they're already defending the uh, Boston Marathon. No, of course they are. Why, why wouldn't they? Um, it's what, until proven guilty. Why? Why is this? Not plastered everywhere, all, all over well, the news. You know, and, and even even look, we ch- we we check news feeds from all over. Right? Have you seen this anywhere? In in and I found this story um, on uh, ChristianNews.net, and that's it. Have, right. have Have you seen this anywhere else? I, I haven't seen it anywhere else. Uh, it's a real bill. It's not like it's not a real bill. No, you can you can look um, it up. Assembly Bill twelve sixty. But it's just not getting any coverage at all anywhere, and that's the bizarre. It, it's amazing to me the stuff that does get coverage, um, and doesn't get coverage, and uh, and this should be something that. Listen, if I have a parent and he's going to school, this should be getting coverage. You know what I mean? Even if I don't have a parent, uh, if I don't have a parent, even if I'm not a parent, and it's still nieces, nephews, whatever. Something about this is just not right. And the fact that they're going to try to sneak it in as the, uh, being able to, the gender neutral sports and stuff like that. Um, you know, and that it's only a matter of time. And between that, before that backfires, and I've said that right along is you're going to get some boy who says, Hey, you know what? I should be allowed to play field hockey because I, I identify myself as a female because their dad wants them to get a scholarship. And, I, I hate to say it, but these stories have come up before where kids have cheated the system in order to get scholarship. But who's, who, and then he's out there knocking around, you know, females who are 100 pounds lighter, not because they're not physically able or anything like that, but he's, he was a linebacker on the football team before. That. Okay, you know what well, I mean? let me ask you this. So besides Columbia, who would give a scholarship to a boy who plays on, on a female team? Because obviously, look, it, but males, males, are typical, males are typically stronger than, than women. They are. They're typically stronger. So if they're playing a sport – um, where strength because is now in issue, California, if this is a law, California goes, universities are going to have to comply. Well, that and when they say if he applies to one outside of California and he sues for discrimination, what's your grounds? Well, in the state of California, they've already, and then it's going to start becoming a big issue because now they have a lot of sight, so they have a leg to stand on, even if it's out of state. Yeah, but out of state, I think out of state um, where they're where they're but staying. If, if, it I goes, think, if it goes up to a circuit court or something like that. Effect. And that and that's the problem because right. well it depends because if you're if you're in if you're in another state it could be a different but if you're in the ninth circuit jurisdiction the most overturned court in the land nailing it every time. Nailing it every time. You're worse than the weathermen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if if this goes to the ninth circuit, I I would imagine the ninth circuit would would uphold this because they're the ninth circuit and if the US Supreme Court refused to hear it that's the law for those states in, in that that are covered by by the Ninth Circuit, so it, it's uh, pretty 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 scary that that this is even being proposed and that it got out of committee. I mean, who is on this education committee? Um, I, I have no idea. 
And, and again, it comes down to I'm sure there's lobbying involved, from lobbying from the ACLU and a couple other people because they want to prove But this is such a small group. I, I just and, – and I get the impression that this was kind of passed, in, and I don't want to say in, in the dead of night because they don't ever work at night. Well, um, no, that would require that would have to spend some time at work. <laughs> but, I mean, they, they do, I'm sure, when it's budget time. But they – this was kind of passed, just kind of, oh, nobody's here. And, and it's, again, this just came out of committee, but it's probably going to be, be going to the, uh, to the floor for a, a vote. Yeah, I don't know if it'll pass, but the precedence is awful. They have a super majority. You don't think it would pass? Well, you, you still have I, – listen, I, I think at the end of the day, you still have folks who have – even though they're quote-unquote Democrats, they're religious – you have some folks that may be the Democrat from the conservative In district. California? There's a few conservative districts that have There been, are. And they will vote Democrats, and it's the strangest thing I've ever seen. Um, you may have a couple of blue dog-style Democrats who say, hey, wait a minute, this isn't up to us. You know what? I don't know of very many, and you have Daryl Steinberg in the Senate, I, I who is that. a huge progressive. I think he even is on record as saying that the Second Amendment should go away or something similar to that. So. Um, he's 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 a friend, but what? <laughs> there, there's a lot of power on the progressive side that, that's really in, in California. Yeah, it, I, I understand that. I don't and know, I'd be curious to see what Jerry Brown would do with it. Yeah, because Jerry Brown hasn't gone entirely progressive, entirely nuts this time around. No, which I I I, I will even say I was expecting wholeheartedly for him to just go bazinga nuts. Well, I mean, Governor Moonbeam. Yeah, know. well, he he was, but he's actually come out and been pretty fiscally, fiscally conservative. Yeah, he has more fiscally conservative than you would expect. Than I would have expected. And he's still trending to go that way. Yeah, um, he's getting hit. But with social issues, is a different story. Right, social is always where the lines become blurred for a lot of people. Even conservatives sometimes, when they get into that social issue, that line gets blurred, and it becomes, well, you know, I'm a fiscal conservative. Or, you know, I'm a social Democrat. Um, nobody ever – a lot of people say that. Well, I identify with the social Democrats, uh, Democrats for social issues. Like, like social issues? It, it, weird. Um, fiscal issues, though, I find myself conservative, so I call myself independent. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, it, it, we will see, and I am sure once it passes, or when this, then you'll get all the publicity. Because if for some reason it doesn't pass, the ACLU is going to go after every Democrat and Republican that didn't vote for it. And if it does pass, it's going to be touted as this amazing bill of almost civil rights. Yeah. And uh, one thing I, I did notice, this is kind of off, off point, but I wanted to address it. I actually saw a commercial for the state of New York. And the state of New York is really trying to get business. I don't know why it's having a hard time. I, I don't know. It's not like they've been under uh, Democratic – oh, yeah, they have – Huh. Anyways, I digress. And we we talked about kind of you know how California has gone. Can't buy a soda. The next the next. Oh no, you can. That, no, that failed. Yeah, yeah, no, you can. New York is actually on this commercial. It talked about um, growing business in New York and how they've cut taxes for business. There's in some jurisdictions there's a. Um, like a no tax or a tax free startup. Yeah. And they're giving all these tax breaks to business in blue New York. That's to try and get visible. Does that tell you something? Yeah. 
So anyways, California, you may not be doing that good of a job. That was just kind of an aside. I, I thought I thought it was really interesting to see those commercials coming out of New York. Well, there's, and there's, so it was six months ago we had uh, business, uh, not even six months ago, we had commercials here from uh, Texas telling people how easily uh, they could transfer their business and everything. And, how we, and I can remember like, California got all upset, all the politicians here, and they shouldn't be doing that, and that's not right, and all this other stuff. And I said, well, you know what, instead of blaming them for your problems, Here's a little idea, Democrats. Instead of blaming the other side for your problems, why don't you deal with your problems? Lower the commercial tax. Lower the business tax. You know, uh, make things – make it so you can actually make things in this state without having to pay every environmental tax in the but world. But you know what? But then that's not fair. Right. So fair look, is a dirty four-letter word. There, there's one silver lining to this, this assembly bill, and that is parents can still homeschool. Huh. Oh, wait. Speaking of homeschool – did you know Eric Holder came out and is basically making a case against homeschooling, saying that um, if if homeschooling was outlawed for everybody, it wouldn't violate anybody's rights? Weird. Weird. Anyways, we're up against a break. Well, you know, and that's Let's, funny too because didn't they didn't just a, a big Democratic person release a thing the other day saying uh, um, last week? Yeah, I think it was last week we covered it. Two weeks ago, a whole uh, you know it takes a village, and your children are ours, and all that. And now he's saying you can't homeschool. So. Now he's saying that you can't even keep your kids at home. They well, that, belong that, that much more. It's interesting. We'll get into this after the break. Um, but we have homeschooling for now and, until, in, and, until the, uh, the attorney general maybe takes that away. Okay. Well, we will see. We'll be back in a minute with Sackheads Radio. Hey folks, this is Sackhead Clint. I want to take this opportunity to thank the men and women of our armed forces, as well as our first responders, law enforcement, firefighters, and emergency medical personnel. Thank you for all you do. Uh, thank you for making this country and our uh, communities a better and safer place. God bless. Hello, I'm Ashley, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is Dr. Larry Arn on why the Constitution limits government. James Madison writes in Federalist 51 that men are not angels. Their passions and self-interest often get the better of their reason and sense of justice. So we need government in order to protect our rights against those who would take them away. But for the same reason, Madison writes, government must be limited because people in government have passions and interests too. Many Americans today forget this, supposing that we can do away with constitutional limits on government, supposing that the unelected bureaucrats being put in charge of our health care, for example, will rule as if they are angels. If Madison was correct about human nature, this is foolish and dangerous. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.org. Hi, this is Sarah Marie Brenner. You know, we often talk on the Brenner Brief about the fact that there really needs to be an organization to help people at the local level who are interested in running for things like school boards, city council, and other local offices. Well, I think I finally have the solution for you, at least for you women out there. It's called Politigal Network, P-O-L-I-T-I-G-A-L Network.com. Their website's going to be launching mid-August, but they're already on Twitter at Politigal USA. I encourage you to follow them and become a member. Their goal is to be the number one resource for conservative women. So if you love freedom, liberty, the United States of America, and politics, Check out PolitigalNetwork.com or Twitter at PolitigalUSA. How you doing? John Grant here. 
when I'm not slaving over a hot microphone on the 405radio.com Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, I check out Sean and Clint here at Sackheads Radio. We all appreciate the best political bloggers, writers, and commentators. We either get them on our shows or we make fun of them, as it should be. So check us out live Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern or forever on the podcasts on the 405radio.com. Hey guys, it's Sean from Sack Kids Radio. I want to talk to you a minute about our friends over at HomefrontHugs.com. They're an amazing organization of volunteers who take their time, effort, and money to take care of our troops overseas as they serve our great nation. HomefrontHugs.com. You can donate, write letters to troops, adopt a troop, you name it, you can do it. Help those wonderful folks who protect our freedoms. Go to HomefrontHugs.com. Tell them Sack Kids Radio sent you. Now back to Clint and Sean on Sackheads Radio, radiating elegancy and quality. So we were discussing uh, we were discussing how how homeschooling is still an option in light of some of the craziness that's being suggested out there, and even some of the things that are being um, taught in the schools. And, and you know, parents may not want their children learning certain things in a school environment, or they may want to teach them um, certain values at, at home or whatnot. So, you know, homeschooling is, is a viable option, and in my opinion, it is the right of a parent, I'm a big, big uh, parental rights uh, supporter, the right of the parent to be able to, to do that. Well, enter, uh, enter Eric Holder and or the Justice Department, and there, there's a case um, where a family, uh, immigrant family from Germany is applying for asylum. <clears throat> And uh, the, it's, it's, the case is, uh, I, may, I may pronounce this name wrong, so I'm going to apologize, but it may be uh, Romik uh, V. Holder, V. Eric Holder. i got to take you to task if the name's wrong. No, please do. I, I just said it. I may have mispronounced it. But uh, uh, Mr. Romik and his, and his wife, they have five children. Um, and according to, to uh, the, the court documents, um, their ages are 15, 14, 12, 10 and 7, and they were citizens of, of Germany. They were all, all born there. Uh, they entered the United States on August 17th in 2008, uh, pursuant to the Visa Waiver Program, mm-hmm. and an immigration judge um, granted them asylum. Uh, he filed this uh, application for asylum and, and withholding of, of removal, and uh, he basically said that in his in his application, he was afraid to return to Germany uh, because, as as a result of his decision to remove his children, and I'm reading from from the court document here, which I, I got on DocStock.com, uh, Romik Beholder. Um, he says he's afraid to return to Germany because, as a result of the, of his decision to remove his children from Germany's public schools, uh, the government over there is trying to subject him to fines. Uh, they may remove his children from his custody or arrest him. And for those of you that think removal of children from parental custody for the purposes of homeschooling, if you think that's far-fetched, there's a case out of Sweden mm-hmm. um, where some parents were trying to leave the country, excuse me, and their child at age, I want to say age seven or eight, I'm not 100% sure, but the child was young, um, the government found out that they were homeschooling the, the child, 
and they removed that child from parental custody. They haven't seen the child in. Now well, this is a 1939. No, 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 no. This is. Uh, oh. This is yeah. This is. Oh. This is now. Okay. So they're trying to get the child back, and it's up to the final termination of parental rights hearing. There's no abuse, admittedly, on part of the government. There was no abuse. There was no signs of neglect. The parents simply homeschooled their children. And the government in Sweden is trying to terminate parental rights. You can Google it, check it out. I'm not making this stuff up. So when when Mr. Romick says that the German government may uh, fine him or possibly remove his children from his custody, he's not kidding, all because he wants to homeschool. Uh, so... Yeah. So according to, to the documents, his, his the two older older kids attended the public school there, and they decided they didn't like what the, teach, what, what the schools were teaching them. They had negative influences, uh, according to the family, from, from the government-run school, the school curriculum, as well as other students that are there. And they believed that the children were learning things that were contrary to the family's Christian values. So in 2006... Uh, they removed their their children from the school, and um, they they came here to the United States so that they could homeschool their children, and and uh, and and take part of that so that they didn't have to deal with with the uh, um, the penalties from the German government and possibly face losing their children. They wanted to raise their family as they saw fit, and Christian values was was one of those those things. The Justice Department is moving to block that um, asylum. They're moving to block asylum from the family, um, which would cause them to be removed from the United States to Germany. Where they can't now homeschool their children because of what's going on. Right. So now, now, a couple things with that. Eric Holder in this brief says that if, they, if in essence – if homeschooling um, is is required across the board, then it's okay. A, a government can do it. And essentially there is no uh, violation of the family's liberty because everybody is required to go to homeschool. And, well, the kids are still with the parents. Uh, they're only at school 26 or 28 hours a week, and they're still with the parents most of the time where they can teach them whatever they want. But they're still in, they still have that negative influence. So, well, it, so it's it's kind of interesting that you have the Justice Department arguing that it is not a violation of rights if everybody is prohibited from homeschooling children, and that's a very dangerous position. Yes. Now, granted, this case is uh, is an immigration case, but if that opinion is being written for an immigration case, somebody who is seeking asylum here to make a better life for their family, to homeschool their children, to raise the children as they see fit, to live that American-type dream of liberty and freedom and religious liberty, yes. which is one of the things this country was, was founded upon, the Justice Department is trying to block that, which is why Eric Holder's name is, is listed as, uh, as, as the respondent in this case. So very dangerous and problematic because this talks about um, if, if you read it and I, I encourage you to pull up the text again I, I have the text of, of the, the complaint on uh, docstock.com or of, of the, the papers here on 
D-O-C-S-T-O-C.com. And it's very troubling because he basically talks about, um, he doesn't, he doesn't talk about religious liberty in, in an individual sense, but more of a collective sense, which is very problematic, obviously, because you don't have to belong to any kind of church or any kind of collective in order to be religious. It's a very personal, individual thing. So, which kind of brings me to to another point as, as I'm thinking about this. You have Eric Holder trying to block the asylum and immigration of a family trying to homeschool their kids, right, for religious purposes. Right. Yeah, didn't he just come out today and say that um, to deny immigration or amnesty to those who are here criminally or illegally uh, is a civil rights violation? So wait a second. On one hand, you're trying to block immigration <laughs> from somebody who is trying to do the right thing by their family, and and you want to allow amnesty for others. Granted, those who are here illegally are also trying to do the right thing for their family, right. but they're not going through any process. They're doing it illegally. This family is trying to do it the right way and get, get and immigrate here through the legal process, and look what's happening. Okay, so what if they would have come over so they could homeschool their kids, and what if they did it illegally? What if they were criminal aliens? Mr. Holder, would well, your I, Justice Department support them? Well, listen, he's you're talking about a guy that picks and chooses what the Justice Department is going to prosecute. He's also given bizarre opinions in the past on certain things. But why? He's proven time and again he's a douchebag. Yeah, he so. has. But why is he is the chief? I don't care what his personal feelings are. He is the chief law enforcement officer in the United States. His job is not to agree with or disagree with laws. It's to enforce them. It is to enforce the laws. Absolutely. Without prejudice. That is his job. That's what he was appointed to do. Well, listen, that's exactly what he does. So, and I'll explain. Without prejudice, he said the Black Panthers could commit voter intimidation because he neglected to prosecute them. Okay. That was done without prejudice. He, didn't he stop the prosecution yeah, process? Yeah, he on stopped that? it. Yeah. So that was, that was done without prejudice. There was zero prejudice involved. He said, well, nope, we're just not going to prosecute it because even though there's evidence to suggest this happened to witnesses right. and whatnot, uh, we're just not going to do it. Okay. Well, why? Because I'm a douchebag. Okay. Okay, I didn't realize he said that. Well, so. no, and I think that was – let me look up what day that was quoted on. Um, I don't have the specific day. But, but, but you're sure pretty sure it happened. It might point, not have, but at some point he probably said he's and a douchebag. And I'll prove you I'm, I'm probably true. At some point he's probably said the word I'm. Okay. The word A. Okay. And then I'm guessing he's used the word douchebag before. And, and that's a reasonable so assumption to make. in code. He may not say it all together. He may sometimes put his ears <laughs> apart. Right. But – at one point, or like from part of his adolescence when he actually learned what a douchebag, in fact, was. So, and he looked in a mirror and said, "Yeah, I look just like that." Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I look that's I'm exactly a douchebag. That. Um, also, he could, I look like he Michael could Moore. Have substituted for nozzle. He could have said douche nozzle. Okay. Which, depending on where you grew up in the country, sometimes it's all the same. Um, well, come on, listen. He, <laughs> what? I'm listening to your reasoning here. This if is, you notice, it all, we all have the same reoccurring theme. If I approve of it, it's okay. If I disapprove of it, or the administration for some reason disapproves of it, then it's not okay. He did it with uh, 
my case in point, the Black Panthers. He knew that would cause a huge rift if he continued to prosecute. It would make this administration, quote-unquote, look bad to a lot of mainstream media, those and the progressives and all that stuff. It would just create an issue. So he shied away from it. Right, and taking, this... your, taking your rights away is apparent. Hey, no problem, because the progressive movement, the Democrats and a lot of people in the middle, hey, you know what? Yeah, you know, the schools need to be raising the children more because, admittedly, a lot of parents are failing at home. The problem is, is some. I won't say a lot. I will say some. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Some. Some parents are failing at home. But again, we're going to change the entire playing field to move to deal with the few or some. So instead of forcing them to be better parents or having them take responsibility for their actions, we're just going to change everything. Right. So then you have this case out of these parents who are coming to America for the right reason. But, and going through the right and process. Going the right process, but because it's the homeschooling thing, ooh, you know what? All that can be taken away, and it's not a violation of civil rights because we'd rather your children be in public school because that's where the indoctrination, education, sorry, I screwed up, education takes place, and we want to make sure, and I'm sure it's going to come out, that we want to make sure it's a level playing field. All these kids are getting the same right. education. Nobody has the upper hand, blah, 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 blah. And, and, there's, and there's no reason for you to homeschool. You can go to work and, and, and right. be part of the economy and, and pay into our tax system, and there's no reason for you there's to homeschool because we got it. Oh, we, oh no, there's not a ton of jobs. It doesn't but, matter, but, but if you but, really wanted to, you could. But we got it. We provide everything your kids need. You don't need to do it, so you go work and pay taxes. And so it's this ongoing history of Eric Holder. I mean, listen, look at – I'm sure we'll get into this. And his Justice Department. And his Justice Department. The people that he leads. Because you know, he, he may not have written this specifically, but his name's on it. Oh, yeah. And, no, and it's in crayon at the bottom. It, right. I thought it was lipstick. but How did – you know, I'm sure he has the diplomas, and I've said this before. The diploma doesn't necessarily make you smart. I know plenty of very, very intelligent and smart people that never went to college a day in their life. How does this guy become attorney general – when he has been nothing but a screw-up from day one. R really? I, because he is an ideologue. I know. He's an, he buy, he, he, That's why. He and because Congress didn't have the stones to, to, block him. to block him. Right. And then when they did go after him for Fast and the Furious, oh, yeah, they, everyone remember Fast and the Furious? That actually happened in this country a couple of years ago. You never hear anything about it anymore. It's weird. Um, <laughs> and, and then they said, hey, you know what? We're going to hold him in contempt because he didn't meet – the congressional requirements and the paperwork that we needed. And what do the Democrats do? Ooh, we're all going to walk out. Why? Because they have to stand behind their guy. Right. How about one of them stand up and go, yeah, you know what? Maybe he should just produce the documents. Yeah, you know what? I'm a Democrat. He's a Democrat. Uh, the president appointed him. We're all on the same team. But there's right and wrong because there's no spine. Just like Eric Holder, zero spine. If it wasn't for the fact that the president holds him up as he walks around like a puppet – he would just be a pile of flesh on the floor just waiting for somebody to tell him what to do. That's Eric Holt. Right. And, that, and he will never have his own spine, no matter what. It just won't happen. So he's just going to keep going with whatever this administration wants, and that's exactly what this administration wants. You can't homeschool. Hey, this is a good opportunity to, for us to go after homeschooling. Look at this. Let's take evangelists because we don't want people at home to have their own ideas. That's scary. If people have ideas and they actually learn the Constitution, then they can use it against us. We don't want that. We want a group of drones that march out of schools with the diploma on their hand saying, you know what? 
we love this government. It gives us everything we want. I'm very happy. I don't need personal religion. The government will always protect us. The government will always provide us food. The government will always provide us with shelter. As long as we have the government, everything is fine. Unfortunately for us, they just bought 2 billion rounds of ammunition, so we're doing just fine. You know, if, if, if you read the story of this family, it's, it's really sickening. Yeah. I mean, they, they had the, the police showed up at their doorstep to escort the children to school. Yeah. And then the parents showed up and, and pulled them out at recess. And the mayor of the town called and said, well, I, well, I sympathize with your plight. I, I don't know that's how he talks, but that's how I envision it. Children. You must show your papers and bring the children to – I don't know if they even show papers anymore. But you get what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't follow Germany. Um, <laughs> No, you're right. We go in this whole spiel and I, yeah. Disclaimer: We don't follow Germany. We don't follow Germany. I have no idea about Germany. Uh, there's some guy, a little mustache, who used to run around. But I mean, <laughs> piece of hair falling. Did, did they did they not learn anything? Anyways, well, no. Be, uh, the fact is that listen, listen, listen. They tried indoctrination once before in the 30s and 40s. It, it didn't so work well. out so well for them. So they kind of um, took a form of it back in 1903, I think. It didn't turn out so well. They they ended up with some kind of youth. I don't remember what they were called exactly. I mean, (laughs) not saying it's going to happen again because history never repeats itself. Right, I think it was... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's uh, totally innocuous. But... (laughs) Um, Now you had something in my throat. Um, Yeah, no, it's absolutely bizarre to me that you could do something like that. And as this country, instead of going, hey, you know what? We support your freedoms. We support your individual liberty, and we embrace the fact that you yearn to be free. And we don't want your kids to be taken from you just because you want to homeschool them. So, and thank you for going through the process and doing it the right way. And can you imagine all come the be good Americans. Spent, all the sacrifice they wanted to become an American so bad, so, and to get to the last point and have <coughs> Attorney General come out and say, "Ooh, we don't want you here we don't because want you." Yeah, we don't want your we don't, we don't want your Christian you. kind here. Listen, it's not like it, it's not like. They're convicted murderers. You know, it's not like the children, the police showed up because their children were constantly truant. They were getting an education. It was just a home education. It wasn't like they were living in squalor and being abused. They even said that. So there's zero reason other than the fact that they weren't following the, exactly what they're teaching in school, and that's not okay with that government. That we should absolutely be standing up for them. And it disgusts me. It absolutely disgusts me yeah. that this friggin' administration, and anyone can support that. And where are people in Congress going, hey, wait a minute, what are you doing? You know, where, where, Lindsey Graham, where are you? You're so quick. He's, he's, he's nowhere. Hey, that guy needs to lose next election cycle. Anyways. (laughs) Hey, McCain, where the hell are you? You know, for all the people that claim to be conservatives and stick to our values, you're not coming out when it's time. Well, here, here's, here's the thing. Uh, this justice, before you go on, though, Senator McCain does have a comment on the situation. Huh. I, I didn't so even that realize was recently, that he was, was recently aware of it. From his office. Pretty, um, okay. That was a news brief from the plot. Um, listen, what's even more galling about this is that <laughs> a, a United States immigration judge granted asylum to this family. Yeah. On January, on, for a living? Yeah, on January 26, 2010. So this Justice Department had to go out of their way to say, whoa, 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 yeah, um, no, we, we're going to appeal this. We're actually going to spend the money 
and appeal the asylum of this family. Right. But why? Did they your tax get, dollars at work, ladies and gentlemen. Did they at least get their money back? Who, the family? Yeah. Because if not, I'd charge them with theft. I'd file a complaint against the attorney holder directly for theft. <laughs> you took my money under false pretense without any intent of returning it. What? <laughs> right? I don't it's know. Bad. What's the false pretense? He's paying an attorney. No, no, no. I imagine. Come to America. Right. Follow the guidelines. These are what you have to do. They did it. It goes in front of an immigration judge. He approved it. They should be all set to come over. No. Nope. And which Oh no, no, they're they're here. Right, but we're gonna but, pick them up. But they have a right to appeal, right? Justice Department has a right to appeal. Right. So, so I don't know what you're saying right now. You're so talking nonsense and gibberish. Got it. It's almost like a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> Maybe that's how they're gonna close Did the Did you say Fonzie? No, it's a Ponzi scheme. Did you just scheme. compare Eric Holder to Fonzie? Yeah, the Fonzie. <laughs> No, maybe that's, maybe that's the administration's new way of closing the get deficit. Have a whole bunch of people who are trying to get here legally right. spend all this money up front. Block have, all of them. Right. Have, send their checks in. Send your checks in. No COD. No cash and delivery. They get here, turn around and go, no, you have to go home. By the way, you have to pay your own way, and we're going to keep the money. So now we don't so have to – So thanks for the tourism industry boost. Right. And they'll write it off as tourism. <laughs> and we'll give asylum to all the people who are here criminally. And this and money will help pay for those illegal immigrants. Right, because they're not paying money anyways. So basically, the illegal immigrants through the progressive movement have gone here legally. It was just under the work done by somebody else, which is a typical democratic way, and somebody else's name and background check and process. But it was still them, kind of. I love how you wrapped all that up. That was perfect. That was. I'm pretty sure that's how it went down. I'm just saying it's a possibility, right? <laughs> Jesus, what is wrong with this? What is wrong? We should be encouraging this. This is exactly what we should be saying to the rest of the world. If you're yearning to be free, have liberty, have your independence, come here. But here's the thing. Listen. If you allow these kind of people, these people, <laughs> if you allow them into this country, all these homeschoolers, <laughs> the homeschoolers. right? If you allow these oh, homeschoolers like in here, hang on. on. If you allow this kind, how are you going to possibly allow transgender or gender-confused whatever individuals to use the restroom of whatever one they want in well, schools? And, and you know as well as I do. That if they let these folks into this country, then these people them, just put say these people, these people, sorry, yeah, they let these, these homeschoolers into the country, the terrorists have already won. That's pretty much where they're going to go with it, because this is the beginning. You're going to have white people coming over, Christian, who are immigrating to this country, who want to be free and live by the liberties. So here. hang on, I want to make sure I'm following your argument correctly. Is your thesis? And I'm asking a question for those listening. I'm asking a question. Right. Is your thesis? That we have too many white people here already, and that's why they're being blocked. I'll agree with that. Is this race that you agree we have too many white people yeah. here? So have is, you ever seen us all trying to dance at the same time? So is with Ken? So is this race based? <laughs> no, I don't think it's race based. I was, so you, they're not stopping them because no, they're white. No, no, no. They're stopping them because they want to be free and they want liberty and they want to use the constitution that's already here and in place to live a life of freedom and be able to educate their children how they seem fit as long as it's not against any... You know what I don't understand? Why would they flee Germany when it's a socialist utopia? I mean, it's a utopia over there, right? Well, yeah, but 
like everything else, they're choosing not to use the education, almost like if it was healthcare and you choose not to get healthcare, so they're going to be penalized or fine. Huh. Hey, speaking of healthcare, did you see <laughs> did you see the new commercial where there is a commercial out? I kid you not, where there is a bunch of people who purport to be here, or it's implied that they are here criminally. I say criminally instead of illegally because if they're you're illegal, you're criminal. So that it, and and they say really healthcare for everyone is it really for everyone? Right. Like they want free healthcare now. Well, yeah, too. Because there's not enough. There's not enough free huh. stuff here. Don't you realize that? I'm sick. <laughs> Speaking of sick, did you hit completely off topic for a minute? Yeah, go. Hyundai released a commercial this past week. Have you heard about this? Talking about the low emissions of their vehicles and how low their emissions are. It's a commercial of a guy who goes into his garage, runs a hose from the tailpipe of his Hyundai into the window. (laughs) You can't make this up. Into the window of his car, shuts the garage door, turns on his car in an apparent suicide attempt, and the theme of the whole commercial is our cars are such low emotions, you can't kill yourself because it just doesn't happen. He stays awake and blah, blah, blah. Why? Okay, hang on. My, my, My question is this. How long until some idiot tries this? Oh, I know. Not intending to kill himself. I know. But and then all of a sudden, people are going to sue Hyundai. You put the idea in his head, really? Because people have been doing that for hundred years. I mean, I, I'm not agreeing with what Hyundai did, but I'm going to be interested to see if that lawsuit ever gets. Filed. That's a stupid commercial. It's a poor taste, awful commercial. It really was awful. It was almost like you know Volkswagen did an ad. What about what about the family? Like 2003. And it was in Germany only or in Europe only. It wasn't here. About a, a suicide terrorist that pulls up in a Volkswagen um, in front of a, uh, a business where there's a bunch of people, and he detonates his suicide vest, and he blows up inside the car. It never makes it outside the car. Um, but poor taste. Yes? That's funny. It's a terrorist who's killing himself. The, Nobody else is injured. I know. It is an evil person that harms themselves and nobody else. Well, that to me is not a negative. It's an evil person is you're trying also defending to defend this commercial because in some states suicide's still illegal. No, 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 but it, it's it's not a commentary on suicide per se like I this guy's just so fed up on life. This, that Volkswagen one is a commentary on 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 a jihadist basically who tries to I kill know, himself. Can we use that word? Jihadist? Yeah, it's our it. show. Yeah, we can use it. Okay, I just didn't know if it was uh, banned from being used. Yeah, no, we can use it. It's our show. Oh, I just meant in America. Yeah, no, um, censorship is, is beginning to run rampant, but it hasn't reached okay. that yet. So we can still so, say jihadist. Yeah, we can still say jihadist. Well, we can. We are. Right. Um, By the way. Th- that's the difference. I, I understand what you're saying, but it's just uh, there are certain things in poor taste. And the timing of that Volkswagen commercial was not long after 9-11. I, don't want, I think it was 2002, 2003. And a lot of people... When everybody wanted to see terrorists not hurt anybody else except themselves. But here's the difference. In Europe, people got like you are right now. I'm not saying it wasn't funny because I laughed when I saw it. And I'm not saying it, it, shouldn't, it didn't play over here. But people over there, 
it was hailed as like an amazing commercial. A, shows the strength of the car, but B, it shows how stupid suicide uh, bombers are, terrorists and jihadists in general. It, 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 it mocked the it terrorist mocked and the like suicide crazy, bomber. Which I thought, I thought was great, and the Europeans, to their credit, didn't flip out over it. We flipped out over it. I can remember that over here, we're like, oh, this... We, we didn't. We didn't. A, a, a few people did. A few and people did. So yeah. it, it, it kills me, the different... I see how you did that. I see how you did that. We're talking about suicide and suicide bombers, and you said it kills you. I see. I just wanted to know I picked up on that. <laughs> I'm here all week. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. So, uh, again, the PC police are out of the... I, 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 I would be interested to see if somebody's going to file a lawsuit. The next time somebody sadly commits suicide in a Hyundai with a hose into their window, somebody's going to turn around and say... He was just testing it because he, the commercial did it. My 35-year-old son didn't know it was fake, and um, even though he's right, a lawyer or whatever, and he, and he never contemplated he an addict or something. Like he that. was a doctor, and and he didn't think didn't that it would actually how that would work. Right. Man, huh. I'll give Hyundai credit though. It takes stones to put that up because you know. You know people were going to go nuts, and it's doing exactly what they wanted it to do. Everybody's talking. We're talking about it. talking about it right now. Yep. Free advertising. Free advertising, good or bad. <laughs> Awkward silence. Why don't we take a break? Because uh, Well, I'm trying to see what we're going to move on to and how we want to do it. And What are you talking about? We know what we're moving on to. We already talked about this. We have. All right, so for anyone who listens at home, we have our topics at the beginning of the night. We haven't talked about one of them, I don't think, yet tonight. No, we haven't, um, which is what we do just about every single week. Usually, we plan it really well, two to three minutes before the show starts. <laughs> we go, hey, what are we starting with tonight? And um, that didn't happen tonight because two or three minutes before the show, we had a severe technical malfunction. <laughs> yeah, Sako showed up. That <laughs> had to be fixed, which, to Sako's credit, we didn't miss a minute on the air. But um, we have no idea what we're going to talk about. So that's good. <laughs> so let's go to the break. I love this show. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute with Zach. Homeschooling? Homeschooling? You homeschooling. I need your papers. I'm Lori, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is Hillsdale President Dr. Larry Arn on how the founders viewed God as the source of our equality and legal rights. America's founders knew, obviously, that human beings are not equal in terms of strength or beauty or in terms of intelligence, industry, or talents. They understood that because of such differences, differences in talents and things like that, some people will be wealthier than others. But human beings are equal, the founders believe, in their possession of natural rights, such as the rights to life, liberty, and property. Today, many Americans reject this equality of rights in order to pursue equality of condition through redistribution, or spreading the wealth around to use a famous formulation. This is destructive of liberty as the founders understood it. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.org. Hey guys, it's Sean from Sackheads Radio. I know, I know I've said it before, 
check out our friends at conservativeoutcry.net, but I really mean it. If you want interesting and exciting political commentary and analysis, that is the place to get it. Different, always spot on, always truthful, never pulling a punch. Conservativeoutcry.net. Tell Rooster to get Bulldog back on and that Sackheads Radio sent you. And also, coming soon, the Sackheads Radio Forum on conservativeoutcry.net. How you doing? John Grant here. When I'm not slaving over a hot microphone on the 405radio.com Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, I check out Sean and Clint here at Sackheads Radio. We all appreciate the best political bloggers, writers, and commentators. We either get them on our shows or we make fun of them, as it should be. So check us out live Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern or forever on the podcasts on the 405radio.com. Hi, this is Sarah Marie Brenner. You know, we often talk on the Brenner Brief about the fact that there really needs to be an organization to help people at the local level who are interested in running for things like school boards, city council, and other local offices. Well, I think I finally have the solution for you, at least for you women out there. It's called Political Network, P-O-L-I-T-I-G-A-L Network.com. Their website's going to be launching mid-August, but they're already on Twitter at PolitiGalUSA. I encourage you to follow them and become a member. Their goal is to be the number one resource for conservative women. So if you love freedom, liberty, the United States of America, and politics, check out PolitiGalNetwork.com or Twitter at PolitiGalUSA. Now back to Clinton Sean on Sackheads Radio, radiating elegancy and quality. So earlier in the show, um, we were talking about the California thing, uh, the school gender-neutral bathrooms and how that didn't make news. And it brought up hey, something. Paul <laughs> again? It brought up something that I read this week in a couple places, that people are starting to get upset over the lack of mainstream media attention that the Philadelphia abortion doctor trial is getting. And that's uh, his name, Gosnell, I believe you pronounce it, Dr. Kenneth Gosnell. Um, Satan? Yeah. And it, it's, funny Dark Lord. it's funny to me because this is yet in other, the long list of things that mainstream media said, ooh, that doesn't look good. We don't like that. Um, we can start with Fast and the Furious. Um, and this is just in recent memory. There's a lot more, I know. And then after Fast and the Furious, we could probably go over to uh, Benghazi. That's a good one. Um, or Fast and the Furious, the report itself, along with um, Holder being put in contempt, and then choosing, the State Department choosing not to pursue those well, charges. Why would he prosecute himself with <laughs> contempt? Seriously. Would you prosecute yourself? I mean, he might prostitute himself for opinion. Did you? What? No, he's not going to prosecute. I misspoke. Prosecute himself. So, let's see. There's that. There's Benghazi. Um, uh, There's one of the things that I saw this week that made me laugh is uh, Super Mexican, who's huge in the blog world. Um, and, And he's a big conservative blogger. He's got a YouTube video out, and it's like a three-minute video on how to teach um, mainstream media to say the word Muslim because they apparently couldn't say it at all during the bombing thing. And here's a whole clip of different people not being able to say it. They came close. They came right up to the point where they they were about to say it, and then they found a different word to use and moved on. 
So if you get a chance, uh, go to Super Mexican's uh, YouTube channel and uh, um, look at how to say the word Muslim. It's pretty funny. Um, so you have that, and now you have what I think is going to end up really being a big deal for the day. It's already a huge deal, and I don't want to play it down at all. Um, but this Philadelphia abortion doctor um, and the lack of media coverage. And, you know, I've talked to a few people about it this week, and I said, hey, listen, um, what do you think about the Gosnell trial and the Philadelphia trial? Uh, no idea what I was talking about. You know, and this is huge. Well, um, think about why that is. I mean, you have the the abortion is a is a real huge. It's a hot button topic in this country, and the the those who believe in abortion as just simply it's a choice, right? Mm-hmm. It's a choice. There are people out there that believe it's a choice at any stage of the pregnancy. Right. Um, there and there are various degrees. Some people believe that it's not a choice at all from conception, uh, regardless of the circumstance. And you have people in between, right? It run, runs the gamut. But it is a very, very emotional, hot button issue. But this is a case that um, is is so emotional and has such emotional ties to it that it potentially. And here's what I think is 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 unnerving for um, the the pro choice people um, is that it could undo some of the, the public support for their their cause the, the abortion issue no I completely uh, I completely agree with you and I'm gonna there's a senator a congressperson I apologize a congressman out of Wisconsin who went to the floor this week and slammed um, people for not paying attention and not realizing what a big deal this was. And his name is uh, Congressman, Republican Congressman Sean Duffy. And he's, this is his quotes uh, that was saying, we're talking about an abortion clinic that provides late-term partial birth abortions where babies were born alive. There is no outrage. There's no story. Where's the NAACP with these minority babies? Where's La Raza? Where's the Black Congressional Caucus? Where is Maxine Waters? Where is the leader of the Democratic Party? Mm-hmm. Why are they lending their voices to the atrocity, this murder? And he was rightfully outraged. Absolutely. He went on to say, meanwhile, in Philadelphia, as dozens, if not hundreds of babies have had their lives taken from them or, or they've been murdered, left to lay in cardboard boxes, left in toilets trying to swim for air, left, and they've had our, their backs and their necks snipped. I still have a hard time with that. I'm sorry. Basically decapitated. That kind of horror is being bestowed on children in America. Yet, where is the media? Where are the protests? Where are the congressional hearings? Listen, where are the parents on Air Force One flying to the White House to have a meeting with the president? Where are the high-powered meetings with senators across the aisle? This, they are not happening. And, and for, for those who may not be familiar with this story, although I assume that most of our listeners probably are, um, this is, these were babies that were born Mm-hmm. And we're born alive. We're not. I mean, look, we're not even. We're talking third trimester yeah. viable babies. And I think in some of the in some of the uh, the testimony, they were talking about a baby that appeared to be like eight months old. Yeah. Um. So, or I mean, eight eight months eight months in in the womb. I mean, that's that's a viable child. That is a a and so it's it's a completely disgusting uh, case. I think. And I I, I give huge difficult. Um, to, to Congressman Duffy for actually coming out on the House floor and saying this. Will it make a difference? No, because I'm sure after everything's said and done and these uh, uh, folks who are alleged Democratic leaders 
will have months to be able to turn around and write something up so it sounds good and says nothing, which is what they do. They won't answer right away. You know, a couple months from now, I'm sure Maxine Waters will lead something in the uh, uh, Black Congressional Caucus. And, and what, what are they going to say? Well, you know, we had to wait to see if you. I, I we had to wait I, until a verdict came out and blah, exactly blah, blah. what it is. All the time, all they're doing is to buy time to have something worded. And if he's not guilty, they're going to say, see, this is why right. we didn't say anything. This is why we don't jump People are innocent them. until proven guilty, and which they are. Absolutely. They, they are. are. And, and but the evidence already, here seems to the be pretty, is pretty overwhelming. And they've, and already, they've already had a couple convictions. They've in already case. had a couple convictions in the yep. case. So that's just another failure um, by mainstream media, and it just disgusted me um, to think that this is not a major issue in this country. It, 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 well, it it is if people knew about it, but it's not because look, they don't want this. They don't want abortion to be seen as a as a horrible thing. They it, they want to be able to to look. They don't want Roe v. Wade being overturned. They don't want the issue to come up again. They don't want legislation passed. They don't – nothing. You know what? If this doctor was doing it with a firearm, maybe it would come to light because, see, if he didn't have that evil gun, he wouldn't be killing these poor babies. And that's exactly where my next point with this is if he used – if he killed that many people, say he walked into a, a, a daycare and used a gun to execute that many people. We would not be blaming the man. Well, we would be, but they would not be blaming the man. They'd be blaming the tool. If he, you know, used explosives, they would, you know, oh, well, you know, there was a letdown and somebody should have saw it, but they didn't. And we're going to look into this and make sure that this doesn't happen again. But, you know, then it's an action of a sick man. You know, and that's one of the things. And um, getting into the Boston Marathon bombings is, you know, Biden spoke at um, – MIT police officer Sean Collier's funeral, and that's one of the things that he said is, you know, these were the acts of a sick, twisted, I, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but sick, twisted people um, hell-bent on destruction or something to that effect. Or, or, or jihadists. Or jihadists. Either one. And he, I, I actually, I believe he said failed jihadists or something to that effect. Okay. I, I'll give him credit. He actually said Good. that. Um, but they didn't blame the bombs there, and that's if it was done with a gun, there'd be nothing. We'd, we'd be hearing about the gun. Well, the, the, sh- the shootout happened with the gun. Yeah. We should outlaw bombs in this. They are. Huh. Huh. Well, yeah. then how the terrorists? Why don't we have That's an weird. agency that deals specifically um, with explosives? It, yes. They, oh. oh. Hmm. Huh, there it is. Um, okay, I'm I guess I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing. So, it should have never happened. It should have never happened. Maybe if we had information that they were about to do something um, or, or we should have been watching them. Right. Maybe if we'd have been warned we, several times and, by another government. And we sent somebody. Oh, oh huh. that happened. That did happen. Okay. Maybe if it were somebody that was more credible, somebody that, like, wouldn't have any reason to help us, somebody that, that like, didn't like us most of the time, like Russia. and huh. Hmm. Never mind, that fell apart, too. Yeah, I don't know. I'm out of ideas. <laughs> We're going to get into that that aspect in it a little bit more. Did you did you hear about the bill that was, uh, it was a joint bill? It was passed in the Senate and the uh, and the, the House of Representatives today? No. I, I think you're going to like this one. Um, I, haven't, I haven't seen it out there too much. Uh, Free Beacon 
Senate.com wrote an article about it, uh, which is, is pretty good. But uh, Senate and House Republicans, they uh, they introduced a bill today and went to went to their their websites, and it was uh, Senator Jim Inhofe. I probably pronounced that wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe Inhofe. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Republican out of Oklahoma, and uh, Representative Frank Lucas, also out of Oklahoma. Um, I don't know if very many people are aware. Again, I'm sure most of our listeners are that uh, the federal government specifically Homeland Security and, and uh, Immigration Customs Enforcement, they've been stockpiling huge numbers of ammunition. Uh, in, in the last two years, um, they've, they've placed two years' worth of ammunition orders, nearly 247 million rounds in its inventory, it's stockpiling them. Uh, officials, the, the head of the, the Homeland Security has been asked directly by Congress, about stockpiling ammunition. Oh, stop, what ammunition? We don't stockpile any ammunition. Yet they're, they have more ammunition um, for, for civilian Homeland Security folks. I think the, the, the uh, um, point was made than Army officers. So, look, they, they introduced this bill to basically limit the amount of ammunition um, that these agencies, certain agencies listed in the bill, could purchase or, or could, could hold in reserve. And the purpose was in order to, quote, provide greater tr- uh, transparency and accountability, which I, th- I would think the president would be in support of, right, mm-hmm. because he uses those words a lot. So I would think he would like this. He ran on those. He did. And, and also so that um, – because the, the, there's a huge ammunition shortage in the country right now. Uh, if, if you go to purchase ammunition, there's a good chance – that you won't be able to find what you're looking I, for. I have been, and you know, whenever this comes out, I see this a lot on Twitter, and then people say, oh, there's ammunition, blah, 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 this is just being blown out of proportion. Uh-huh. I went this past week to purchase ammunition. It, it, I haven't been in the range in a little while, and I wanted to go. Um, I went to three different Walmarts who usually have ammunition and suck. Their shelves were so bare, and you know what? I think I took a picture of it, and if I did, I'll put it up online, um, at all three. And the rounds that they did have were just not popular rounds. Right. They're thinking like 7.5 Swiss. Yeah. You or know, or like something. 45 Auto Mag. Like, just things that aren't out there on a regular basis. Except for in Beverly Hills Cop 2. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But I couldn't believe it. I was just sitting there, and I said to the guy, I said, hey, are you expecting the sports guy, and I assume he was the sports guy. He was standing behind the counter. And, but I said, hey, are you expecting a shipment anytime soon? He said, no. He said, we, we're, we're so backlogged. We have so many back orders in. He said, we're, we're being told from the supplier. I don't know when we're going to be able to get it. And, and it, I immediately, because I did read um, uh, uh, during the congressional hearings on this, where it was like for every DA. Uh, Homeland Security agent or officer, there's there's a thousand rounds, and then for folks in the military, there's 350 rounds per. Yes. Soldier, and, airman, marine, and, naval, and, uh, and, and that's and, an insane. They're the ones at war. Yeah, and Homeland Security, aren't you? You're a civilian. Would you? You know, I would be worried if the president had made any kind of statement like he wanted a civilian force that was just as well trained, just as well armed, and just as well equipped as the military. Um, I would be more afraid if he'd said something like, oh, oh, right. He did say something like that. Well, you know, Never I, mind. Forget I said anything. I immediately uh, he, wondered, and, and this is when I get into that whole crazy, 
uh, uh, conspiracy theorist, I, I occasionally feel like I'm becoming sometimes, that my first thought was, did they buy them all so I couldn't have them? And that's, that's one of the points that the senator said um, is, is he in, in the statement to the Free Beacon, he actually um, said that, and this is quoting again from Free Beacon. Here's the quote from, from uh, the senator uh, Inhofe. President Obama has been adamant about curbing law-abiding Americans' access and opportunities to exercise their Second Amendment rights. One way the Obama administration is able to do this is by limiting what's available in the market with federal agencies purchasing unnecessary stockpiles of ammunition. And you know what? That's a very interesting point. I can't. I don't know that that's what that that's the purpose behind it. I would say that that's a pretty good hypothesis, based upon how the Obama administration has acted with various other things. For example, sequester cuts and making it very public and hurt hurting Americans like cutting tourists from the White House and FAA, which now they've even come out and said, "Well, all Congress of a we have involved. money." Yeah, Congress is involved, and they're like, "No, I don't think well, so." Well, so, says that Republicans didn't balk as much as they thought they would. They're like, oh, we get to have planes fly because uh, we just have to. Yeah. So it, 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 I'm not saying that that, uh, that wouldn't fit with the, their mode of operation because it actually does. But I'm glad to see this, this legislation was, was introduced in both houses. Right. It's called the Ammunition Management for More Obtainability Act or AMMO, A-M-M-O Act. And, oh, uh, how much did they pay somebody to come up with that? I could have come up with that. I know, but you know, they were like, we're going to have a good name. For yeah, and it's got to be like the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not downing them for the legislation, but come on. You know, we need to come up with an acronym like the Awesome Act. Right. Something like that, Sack right? Sackhead's Act. <laughs> Sackhead's Sack Awesome. <laughs> Supreme Sack. Awesome Ability. Uh, be Sackhead's Awesome. You know, I'm sure. Be Sackhead's Awesome. Wow. Boom. Good for you. Well, we'll see you next week. But no, um, you know, on that note, I, my concern is, A, the fact that Homeland Security has all these rounds of ammunition. When they have more than our military, who is our standing active fighting force, fighting force. we're still technically engaged in, in a war the last time I checked, and they average 353 rounds per serviceman and woman. Um, I actually spoke to a friend of mine in the service, and I think I said this about two months ago, where they had to put off a whole bunch of training because they didn't have ammunition and because they were outside their quote-unquote budget. Um, but Homeland Security has all this ammunition. They don't know what to do with it. They have so much. Oh, I hope they don't know what to do with it. Um, and now the average citizen, I had checked a couple of different stores. I couldn't buy ammunition. It's almost like if the government held all the wealth mm -hmm. and only gave it to who they wanted to, only instead of wealth ammunition, it's the same thing. And and you could end around um, people's Second Amendment rights to keep and bear arms by prohibiting them from exercising that right by denying ammunition. I wonder though if we'll which would be a violation of the Second Amendment. And if that's the case, and now you have a senator and a congressman believing that to be the case and trying to pass legislation for that doesn't happen. It really doesn't seem that far-fetched. And since you're harmed mm -hmm. by not having access to ammunition, I think you have grounds for uh, a lawsuit. And you could sue them for, like, attorney's fees plus a dollar, just like to make a point. Well, you know, a, a friend of mine who is a lawyer, and he's one of the good ones, he's conservative, um, 
brought up a, 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 an interesting point. He goes, how soon – they've already proved because the uh, gun ban act failed or the gun legislation failed through the Senate. How soon before they turn around and say, we have the right to deal with interstate commerce? What if we find a way to say, hey, you can make all the guns you want. You just can't do it. You just can't sell them across state lines. They can't do that because now you're still you're still um, messing with people's second amendment they've been rights. Doing, they've been trying anything anyhow. They have been. And a lot of people may be misguided on that and say, well, they're not saying I can't have them. They're just saying people in other states can't sell them here. So as long as I have a gun maker, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're in a state like, say, California that has a supermajority and small businesses don't like to work there anyhow, you could very easily start to get rid of guns. Yeah, but but that legislation would prohibit people from those states from exercising their Second Amendment rights, and that would be overturned. Well, that should be exactly. overturned. should be is the key should word there. should be overturned. So it's just things like that that you really start looking into it, and it, it, it scares the hell out of me. Fortunately, I have enough ammunition in my house to survive. <laughs> and I have the Annihilator. I have a question. <laughs> is that yours, though? What? Yes. Okay. <laughs> My what? hammer. Oh. oh. No, I thought it was something else. So I have, <laughs> I have a question for you. Yeah? What? <laughs> okay, so is it possible for the Third Amendment to be violated if you have um, a husband and wife, mm-hmm. and let's say the husband is a soldier mm-hmm. in the United States military, and he gets into <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> hey, just hear me out. He gets into an argument with his wife, and his wife's name is on title of the house, mm-hmm. and she says, "You know what? You're being a complete jerk right now. I want you to leave." And he says, nope, this is 50, This I, I'm married to you. I'm not leaving. I will sleep on the couch, but I'm not leaving this house. And she says, nope, I want you to leave. And so they get loud. The neighbors call the cops. The cops come over, and uh, they say, you know what? No, you have to allow him to sleep here. It's his house. We can't make him leave. Did they just violate her Third Amendment right? <sighs> I don't know where I come up with this. <laughs> Well, no, because it's not the federal government saying. What what if it's on federal property? So it's the federal police or military police. Well, then. But she doesn't own the house. Right, she doesn't own the house. So that wouldn't go. It doesn't say federal government. It says no soldier shall in time of peace be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner be prescribed by law. So if she's the owner and he's a soldier and she doesn't want him there, can they force her to let him stay? I'm just asking. Why do you You know, this is one of the... <laughs> Could that be grounds for divorce and action? I don't know. I don't know. I love I, it when I make your If head I hurt. had a rule on that, I would say no, because it was not the police intent to act as an agent of the government. But they did. One of them as a soldier versus as a husband. But he is a, so. Are now, there? If, are if there? Are, hang on. Said, hey, because he's in the military, you have to allow him to stand. No, no. no but here? but is he a soldier only when he's on duty? 
No, he is not. No, he is not. And then, I'm pretty sure the Third Amendment doesn't say only when he's on duty. Nope, it doesn't. It says no soldier shall, period, without consent of the owner. Ah, but how about this? Okay. What if he's in the Navy? Because then he's not a soldier anymore. Yeah. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about Army. No. Don't try and twist it to no. make the answer. No, no, no. You want to keep jacking it around? I can jack it around. <laughs> <laughs> what if he's a Marine, Simplify? <laughs> right? Right. I would say my Then he's a rooster. If he was a rooster, hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who had two... He had a really funny story this week, and he also had a good article discussing how um, President Bush's popularity... And by the way, I just said that because I know he wasn't a Marine. Ooh. Well, I know what phone number I'll be watching for the board sometime (laughs) soon. (laughs) He did have two good articles, uh, two good pieces this week, conservativewildcry.net. One, a really good article, and the other one... A picture that I one a good article, the other one, eh, not so much. Eh, but like when I write, what are you it's doing? technically words. <laughs> <laughs> they may not be in any sort of order, but they're technically words. They're words. <laughs> um, so before we go on a break, um, this week there is, if you have a chance, it's on YouTube. It, it's a breathtaking thing to watch. Um, and, uh, the Wake for um, for the memorial service for Officer Sean Collier, uh, the MIT police officer who was killed by the uh, Boston Marathon bombers, um, jihadists, uh, was this week. And it was actually a really good service. It was an amazing service just to see the amount of law enforcement and students and citizens that showed up. Um, It it took place on the MIT campus. Um, it, It was just Beautiful front to back with an outstanding memorial for an outstanding young man. His brother spoke about him. Um, like I said, Vice President Biden was there, um, and I, I actually thought he, he was pretty decent. Um, Elizabeth Warren was there, and she was just god-awful, um, and, and that's my personal opinion. You can listen for yourself. But one of the things that I was reading this week and following up, uh, Officer Collier was a volunteer and a civilian employee for the Somerville Police Department, which neighbors MIT and Cambridge by less than half a mile, I think. Um, and, and he really wanted to become a full-time civil police officer. That was like his goal and his dream, and that's what he was really working towards. Um, he volunteered hundreds of hours of service on his own to the civil police department. Um, and, and again, he went to work as a civilian employee. And they did something amazing. With the permission of the MIT police, um, they came out and said he was to be appointed as full-time Somerville police officer on June 3rd of this year. That was all set up. It was going to happen. Um, so what they did is they submitted and it passed, I believe, the Board of Aldermen and was signed off by the mayor um, to appoint him posthumously um, police officer status in the city of Somerville. Um, and I just thought, you know, what an amazing – you want to talk about a guy who's touched so many people. Um, and if you heard the stories that – have come out about him and just the things that he had done to immerse himself a in MIT, which if you don't know anything about MIT, it's a very diverse campus. There's a lot of people from all over the country. Um, There were stories about how he took extra time when people would come here from other countries that fear law enforcement on a regular basis. Um, He worked really hard with outreach on that and, and letting them know that 
hey, you know what? I know what they do back home, but here it's a different story. If you need something, you let us know. Um, he got involved in a lot of the student groups. He really um, he got involved with a lot of the homeless. I mean, the, the guy was just uh, unbelievable. He was a complete hero start to finish. Um, and, and there's no other way about it. And the eulogy that was given by the uh, MIT police chief, it, it's online. You have to sit and listen to it. I liked that it wasn't uh, um, gussied up, if you will. It wasn't mm-hmm. poorly written or anything like that. But you could tell it was from the heart versus, you know, oh, I'm going to be speaking in front of all these people. I have to have it sound really professional. And, um, you know, he almost, you could see him choking up a few points during that. So he is, and I said this last week, we'll never know how many lives he saved, especially now it's coming out that um, the, the bombers may have been trying to get down in New York, uh, to New York for Times Square to possibly plant some of the explosives they had with them. We will never know how many lives uh, Officer Collier saved with his sacrifice, but that was absolutely just a breath. I sat and watched the whole thing. I, I couldn't turn it off just because it was outstanding, and it really showed um, what an amazing country we're in that that many people who may or may not have showed him. And I'm not talking about a couple thousand. Right. I, I'm talking tens of thousands of people. I mean, they had it on their athletics field. It's, just, it, it's enormous. And the other thing that I thought of, too, as I was watching it, if you look at the setup, the logistics, the chairs, um, the buses, all that stuff, I, I'm, I don't know if MIT has all that laying around. I can't possibly imagine that they do. So for those companies, and I'm sure a lot of them did it out of the graciousness of um, <clears throat> themselves because contrary to what the government thinks, a lot of people are still very generous and caring and giving when it, it will, when they need to be. Um, mm-hmm. To have all that there and put all that together um, for this memorial service was just – Outstanding, and when we come back, I want to talk about another hero, uh, another couple of heroes for the Boston uh, uh, Marathon attacks. But if you have a chance, go to YouTube. It's going to take you a little while to watch it, but sit down and watch it. We're going to go to a break. We come back. Oh, I know who's on the line. How funny! I wasn't expecting that. When we come back. We're going to talk to Rooster from ConservativeOutcry.net, uh, uh, and I'm going to discuss a few, a few stories, a few quick stories of heroism at the Boston Marathon and. Just a reminder that through all the politics and everything, we are an amazing nation that should never be forgotten. Hey, if you care about what's going on in the world, you cannot afford to miss my show. Hi, this is Andrea Kay, your host of The Andrea Kay Show. It's not always about the money. Okay, it is always about the money, but it's also about politics, pop culture, and you. The only thing street about this show is the smarts. There's a reason they call me Dynamite in a Dress, and you'll find out why when you listen Tuesday mornings at 10 on Financial News and Talk. Hello, I'm Paul, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is my professor, Dr. Larry Arn, on the separation of church and state. America's founders believed in the separation of church and state, in that the country was not to have an official religion or an official sect. But that did not mean that government was to be hostile to religion, or even indifferent to religion, as many today argue. In fact, America's founding document, the Declaration of Independence, includes both a reference to God as the author of the laws of nature and a confident assertion that human beings are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. 
Far from being hostile or indifferent to religion, America's founders understood the theology of the Declaration to be an essential part of the education of citizens. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.org. How you doing? John Grant here. When I'm not slaving over a hot microphone on the 405radio.com Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, I check out Sean and Clint here at Sackheads Radio. We all appreciate the best political bloggers, writers, and commentators. We either get them on our shows or we make fun of them, as it should be. So check us out live Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern or forever on the podcasts on the 405radio.com. Three, two, one. Hey, this is Zach Ed Clint. I want to take this opportunity to thank all the wingnut leaders throughout the world to give our men and women of the armed forces a job, as well as all the anarchists, terrorists, and Occupy folks that give our men and women in uniform on the home front, firefighters, law enforcement personnel, and first responders, uh, job security here in the States as well. So thank all you wingnuts out there. This is Zach Ed Clint saying have a good day. Now back to Clint and Sean on Sackheads Radio, radiating elegancy and quality. So before we went to a break, I wanted to highlight a few uh, uh, hero moments from the, sorry, I'm eating a Twix, from the Boston Marathon bombings. And uh, what? <laughs> I didn't chew it enough. Uh, <laughs> and one of them was a, uh, an off-duty firefighter. His name was Matt Patterson, who was eating up the road uh, from where the uh, actual attacks happened. He was sitting, you know, he, um, the first person that he rescued and helped and assisted, and there was a ton of them, by the way, it wasn't just one or two and then he left, was um, the six-year-old little girl whose brother Martin Richard was actually killed um, in the attack. And he took care of Jane and he carried her and she's one of the youngest victims in the bombing. And he said, you know, She's just sitting there right in the middle of Boylston Street. Nothing's happening, just her own little world, and I can see that she's hurt. And he immediately ran over. He grabbed a belt from uh, his own belt and used that as a tourniquet, uh, and the tourniquet saved her life, as they said. And he went back, and he saved uh, countless other people. Um, And, again, it's one of those things we'll never know the exact number because from what other people were saying is he was just back and forth. Once he got somebody to a medic or to the medical tent, he went back and helped more. so that's just, you know, people like that, he didn't have to do it. He knew the bombs. Listen, he's a firefighter. He's had some sort of training, and I, it's amazing that it kicked in, but it could have done the exact opposite. He could have said, hey, you know what, there could be more bombs that's coming. Uh, I, I can save myself. Can't help anyone if, if I'm not able, you know, if I'm not able, but he didn't. He ran in. He didn't hesitate, and um, he saved lives. And there's another Former New England Patriot Joe Andrusi was at the finish line. Um, I believe he had a relative, his wife or something, running when the bombs went off. And there's a couple pictures of him online that he uh, of him carrying people to medical tents that had injuries and running down the street. And um, again, here's a guy, former football player, ton of money, didn't have to do anything, could have walked away, um, where the right thing took over, and he just he carried people literally just. Picked him up, and he's a football player. He's strong. If you see him, Joe's a big guy. Um, and 
right to the medical tent and help. So these are just people that could have walked away at any time, and they didn't. And the, the last one I really want to highlight, because this is just amazing, the cowboy hat guy. That's what he was referred to on the news that was referred to on Twitter. His name is um, uh, Carlos Andrado, um, and he was at the finish line. Arredondo, I apologize. He was at the finish line when it happened, and he's one is an iconic video of a young man who had an amputated leg uh, being pushed in a wheelchair. And he's got a cowboy hat on, and there's a policeman next to him, he's holding a tourniquet on the man's leg so he doesn't bleed out. Um, he was there uh, because his two sons um, had passed. He's a 53-year-old man. Uh, one died in the Afghan war, or the Iraq war, rather, and uh, the other one died, um, I, I don't, I believe it was a suicide, unfortunately. But uh, that was one of the things that they did, and he kept going every year. And here's another man who's already lost so much in his life, has already given with one son to the nation. And he jumped into action. Apparently there were other people on top of this young man's life who he did save. They're saying that he saved him with that tourniquet. Um, so those are the things, and I said this last week and we talked about it before, but those are the things that when I'm really feeling down on certain parts of this country and why we're going in a certain direction and we don't see the big picture – it's incidents like that that I think that we have to look at and say, you know what, these people were completely selfless and were willing to give up everything. And that's what a difference we can make. And maybe we have to give up, quote, unquote, luxuries and this whole, oh, we all have to have everything. We have to redistribute money and all this other stuff. Stop looking at the little things and start looking at the big picture. And those stories are what this country is about to me. When you talk about the people, and and you know we talked about this <clears throat> this week where you know there's a lot of a lot of play always in in, in the media about um, the the negativity. You know you follow the, the the death and the body count, and you know you focus on the suspects. Which yeah, you need to understand the suspects so you can prevent it in the future. I get that, but a lot of the focus is on a lot of negative aspects. And we talked about touching on some of the positive aspects of the story. Not yeah. that this book, this is a very, this is a very a tragic story. I mean, it was it was another terrorist attack on the United States on U.S. soil where we had people that were killed and, and hundreds wounded. But there were there were acts of heroism and there were acts of of kindness and goodness that that was in this dark moment. And we wanted to highlight that. And we talked about it this week. There were there were residents because Copley Square was completely shut down, and there are a lot of hotels there that were shut down and stuff like that. And there were residents opening their homes to people that were staying in these hotels that had no way to go there from out of town, out of country, out of state, mm-hmm. and, and opening their homes and doing that. There were marathon runners across the finish line after running. I actually had to research how long a marathon is because I had no idea. 26.2 miles who kept running another two miles to donate blood. There has been millions of dollars raised. Um, OneFundBoston.org, which is on our website. We, you've heard the commercial. Um, raising just unbelievable amount of money. There are people sending paychecks to the guy that owned the boat that the second that the uh, bomber that's alive, Sarnoff, was found in. There are people actually sending him money to replace his boat. Uh, you look at not only the heroes that apprehended him, but there are stories of uh, uh, just people dropping off food to those guys that were out there for 20 hours looking for him. Water. You know, we talked about Dunkin' Donuts opening up um, and then the celebration, not only in Watertown where that happened that night and they found him the next day of tons of people that were there celebrating the police as they're leaving, 
but also at the bomb site where it actually occurred. People had gone there for the memorial that was celebrating, taking pictures with police officers and hugging each other. Those are the stories that are getting missed by mainstream media. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that a lot tonight. I mean, they're there and they're out there. And if you look enough, you'll see them. But that's not enough being highlighted, in my opinion. I, I, I just think that the resolve of our nation, and in this particular case it happened in Boston, and the strength of our nation is often overlooked for what's hot. Well, this is just, it's just groundbreaking, and it's negative, but, you know, we have to get this out right away. Right. Boom, 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 which is what mainstream media does, and they ignore things. Um, or they embellish. Be, they like the sensation. Oh, yeah, because no, they they believe the that's what sells. And that bothers me, but I'm glad we're able to highlight a few folks. Mm-hmm. Um, who and Some of the good. Some of the good that happened there, and there's a lot more. I mean, there's stories, and I'm hoping that they start coming out. And I've been checking blogs and stuff like that for things that wouldn't be on the front page of these uh, uh, news medias to see other people's stories. So that's something that, as we find it, we'll keep you posted. But it really it really means a lot to me. And uh, the Red Sox also had an amazing uh, opener of the day after mm-hmm. – uh, um, the arrests that, that followed last Saturday, uh, where they had a lot of the first responders come out. They had a gentleman who was injured the attack. Um, they had the Lynn firefighter actually out there throughout the first pitch, and the Hoyt family, which um, is a Boston Marathon legend. They had all the Boston Marathon volunteers to do the flag, and it, it was just a, a touching story. It, it was really cool, and they did a good job on it. And one more note, and this is just strictly me being proud of my city, and I, I go on for hours about Boston. Did you hear what Neil Diamond did? Yes. Seventh inning stretch. After... Um, I said yes. Oh, well, then forget it. <laughs> <laughs> but our listeners may not have. So normally, in the last half of the second half of the inning, they play Sweet Caroline in Boston. Mm-hmm. And that's just uh, during the seventh inning stretch. That's how we stretch on the last half. Um, and he called up the Red Sox and said, hey... Is it all right if I come out and maybe help announce a little bit of something like that? And they said, yeah, great. He's like, good, because I've already booked the tickets, and I'm on my way anyways. And then he said, I'd also like to sing Sweet Caroline Live for the seventh inning stretch. Now, that may not mean a lot to people outside of the Boston area, but to the to those of us there who have sang that song a million times, probably with a couple cocktails in them, to have this guy fly out on his own dime, and he could have done nothing if he wanted to, and had to be part of that and part of the healing, I thought that was cool. He's also donating all the sales for Sweet Caroline, I think, for the entire month of April um, to OneFundBoston.org. So if you have a chance, download Sweet Caroline if you like Neil Diamond and uh, help him out, which I love Neil Diamond. Even if you don't like Neil Diamond. I love Neil Diamond also. But even if you don't <laughs> like Neil Diamond, download the song just to get the – it's an easy way to donate um, in, in kind of a kind of a roundabout way. And, uh, sir, I want to thank you. Yeah. Um, for not bringing up or rubbing in the fact Two that, out of three. that the Boston Red Sox beat the Oakland Athletics two out, two out, of, out three. of three games. So yeah, thank you No, hey, for that. You know what? I did not want to talk about two out of three. I just figured that was a bad way to no, get it, off. It, it, it was, but I, so, but I appreciate that. Let's end the show on a little bit of comedy as we go into I've got to get going, so it's minutes. been a pleasure. Oh, no. I am out of here. Um, Sackhead Clint signing off. <laughs> As always, our good friend Rooster from conservativeoutcry.net has a tendency to uh, drop an amazing article and then join us to talk about it. And uh, he had two good stories this week. One was just boobs. No, that was a couple weeks ago. That was a great article. It was a great article. Okay. Um, 
one of them was a picture of a flag that was given to him. He's going to explain that to you. And that one just was a head shaker, in my opinion. And the other one was a great story about um, President Bush's popularity starting to rise again. A little bit about, I think he pretty much, I think he titled, Do You Miss Me Yet? He, he, Rooster pretty much nailed it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he pretty much, he called, he's been saying all along that Bush's popularity is going to increase. He pretty much nailed it. He was right. Well, we Did he call about it and, or give me a hard time for my comments? <laughs> hey, Rooster, you're on the air. Well, how are you doing, guys? How you doing, Good. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'll give you a couple a couple more, uh, Sean. Uh, the the ones that stood out to me. One was the doctor that ran the marathon and then went straight to the hospital and operated for 40 hours straight. Yeah, uh, it's just unbelievable. And I don't then know how the, you uh, talk about doing that. The uh, army vet, I think it was, that calmed the girl down by showing him or showing her his own shrapnel wound. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? There's been other. There, there was a, um, there was a girl whose birthday it was the day afterwards, and um, one of the other victims who ended up becoming a double amputee as a result heard that she was a couple doors down and had his family go out and get her a gift and a couple other things, and he delivered it to her room, kind of one victim or the other. And she was a professional ballroom dancer, I believe, who lost her foot, um, so she was having a very hard time, as you could possibly imagine. And, and um, so, swear she's going to dance again. And she swears she's going to dance again. And I guess she said she wants to run the marathon next year, too. So, you know, it, it, it's just stories like that that really hit home and, you know, makes you hug your loved ones a little bit closer and makes you just be proud to be part of this damn country. It's amazing. But i I, I got to tell you, honestly, I'm not surprised at how people reacted. I mean, heroes heroes don't think. They just do. And there's a lot more heroes out there than, than people realize. Well, you know, and it's funny, I don't often give credit to certain places but um, uh, uh, that don't deserve it, but Stephen Colbert, the night afterwards, had his opening. Um, and if you've ever seen the show, he kind of does his loud yelling at the camera opening. And he stopped and he talked about uh, um, the tenacity and the toughness of the city of the people of Boston and how amazing it was. And if you don't have a chance, check it out. It's about a minute and a half long. You know, he pretty much said the city founded by pilgrims, people are so badass they had to buckle their hats on. Um, and he went on from there. So if you have a chance, I thought that was a really good um, uh, uh, opening, and it really said a lot about uh, what people were feeling, and I agreed with him. Now, Rooster, uh, I want to get on to you. Let's talk about Okay, you. well. Can you talk about us? Oh. Did you say you want to get on to him? <laughs> I, I was leaning back. I, I couldn't. More, more from Mr. Clint. Well, let me, let me remind Mr. Clint uh, of one thing that I was protecting this country from the evil hordes of aggression when he was just a twinkle in his daddy's eye. <laughs> I don't know if twinkle is the way I put it. I, I don't think it was. Luck. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if it was, if it was that um, or booze. Either way. <laughs> it's one of the two. You know, Rooster, we get back to you talking about a long time ago, you said that, um, you know, Bush, as time went on, was going to be remembered in a different light, and history was going to prove that he was better at certain things, and he certainly got credit for it. And I think it was, you were, a lot of people may not remember, you were one of, you were our first guest on the podcast, um, and I believe that we talked about that, and you said, hey, you know, when it comes to Bush, yeah, there's a lot of things that we didn't agree with, but when it came to the war on terror, you watch. He's going to be seen in history in a different light. And it's starting to look like you, my friend, nailed it once again. Well, you know, and, and I was not a Bush fan. I'm, I'm still, you know, there's a lot of things that he did that I don't agree with. But on the one thing that mattered and the one thing 
you know, the the thing that uh, a president, his number one job is to protect the nation. George Bush did it well. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, they get into the whole, well, 9-11 did attack on his watch, and you can argue over intelligence, and Clinton scaled back the intelligence so much going into it. The Clinton administration also had a chance to take out bin Laden and a lot of high-end leaders for a while. And, it was and my understanding, the Clinton administration had the intel also about the, the use of airplanes. Right, and it was not necessarily passed on, I'm not saying it was held on to, it just wasn't passed in an appropriate manner. And a lot of the things that they do with um, uh, uh, Bush is they say, well, going just before 9-11, he got all this different intel, and they knew it was coming. And what they don't tell you is that it was different agencies getting different intel. There was a sharing issue. We all know there was sharing <laughs> issues. Um, there were certain things that were not put into daily briefings, and there were some things that happened months apart that, you know, they just weren't connecting the dots right, and we can talk about which agencies failed there. But it can't I, – I can't say that was a total failure. Um, on the Bush administration – I think more should have been done with it, but that should have been something that the previous administration said, hey, we have credible information. You may want to really look into this more. So, But, you know, it, it, was, a, it was a different day. I mean, the United States yeah. had never been attacked like that, not since 1941. And, and, you know, I don't blame Bush. I don't blame Clinton. I mean, that, that things like that just didn't happen. But when well, it I did, was, I, my, my it didn't happen again. Blamed Bush for the attack when you can say that look there's so many other people that have a hand in it that and, and you say 1941 technically America hasn't been attacked like that since even before that because Hawaii was not part of the country yet in 41. It was the, it was the naval base. I, I see what you're saying. Here's here's I look. I, I I enjoy Ronald Reagan was the Cold Warrior. George W. Bush was the Terror Warrior. Yeah. By the way, you can use that title if you want. Um, George W. Bush was, was, was the terror war, warrior, and he he did do an outstanding job. And, and I had I, I took issue I, there. I did not agree with Bush on 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 some things. Also, we've talked about this, but one thing I really despised in the Patriot Act, and it can be argued, and, and I'm not sure where Rooster falls on this, but it can be argued one way or another. But the real issue I have with the Patriot Act was the administrative subpoena process of federal law enforcement and the Department of Defense. Um, I, I have a real issue with any government agency, law enforcement, state, uh, federal, military, doesn't matter, being able to obtain documents without a judge's approval or signature under administrative guise. And it kind of goes back to my whole um, disdain for the administrative state where I think um, checks and balances is real important. Laws should be made by the legislature. Judicial process should be reviewed by the judiciary and not part of some administrative State. Wait, so you want the government to be run how it was intended to be? Exactly. Oh. Um, so, but outside of that, you know, there were the, the Patriot Act had some good things in it. There were some good ideas in it. Um, but that was one thing I really had a difficult time with, with Bush on and his handling of the war on terror. That being said, he did a, he did, he did a great job. Um, but, you know, again, there were, you know, things I disagreed with. And, again, Rooster, I don't know where you fall on that particular segment of the Patriot Act or the Patriot Act as a whole even. I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, the, the thing that I like about Bush, and, and let's look at it today. I mean, you've got um, – you had another bombing in Boston, okay? You've got Iran coming close to a nuclear bomb. Iran is now moving into Iraq. 
you've got Syria uh, supposedly has unleashed chemical weapons, and, and in my opinion, they're going to have Iraqi markings on them. But you know, we'll talk about that later. Um, right, but that was confirmed by Secretary Hagel came out with that opinion and said that um, they used that this week. Well, they didn't use it this week. The opinion came out this week from Hagel. And it's funny, too, because that was supposed to be the game changer, and we're going to see if that actually changes the game on this administration. And then you got the Muslim Brotherhood in, uh, in Egypt. Egypt. Now, yeah. George Bush, the, the thing that he did well on the war on terror was he came out and said, we're going to hold you responsible, and we're going to hold those who harbor you responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, George Bush would not put up with uh, the shenanigans that Pakistan is doing now. Uh, Iran well, would not, not have a nuclear weapon. They would not be moving close to a nuclear weapon. Israel would know who their ally is. Uh, Syria would be done with now. And the the thing with terrorists. Well, a lot of and George Bush, would have started because they wouldn't dare have started it. Yeah, the thing with terrorists and George Bush realized this is they don't care if they die. And you had these two right. guys up in Boston in an SUV throwing bombs out the the, the back window of the car. They could care less if they die. Mm-hmm. So that's not how you. You go after these guys. Sure, you you're going to go after Bin Laden. You're going to go after everybody else and kill them. But it's the people that that harbor them. Well, and, you and, brought and up George Boston. was the one that came out and said that we're we're going to go after you. One of the things you brought up about Boston and them not caring to die is, I've received information from a source essentially saying that inside the boat that he was in for a long period of time. There was scrolls in Arabic written about him being a martyr and his brother being a martyr, and um, you know, and essentially saying he was willing to die for his cause. And we've dealt with that time and again, not just with the suicide bombers, but people who are at war with our country and our way of life, not being afraid to look at Nadal Hassan. He wasn't afraid to die. You know, look at the 9/11 hijackers. They weren't afraid to die. The underwear bomber, not afraid to die. So that's another one of the people in this uh, mainstream media has let go as the underwear bomber. But it, time and again, they've proven they're not afraid to die. No, they're not. And and the, the way you deal with people like that is you go to the countries that harbor them and make their air force disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when, when something like that happens, well, then maybe we don't have a terrorist problem. Or better yet, make a power plant disappear. Make the government the disappear. Yeah, you take a page out of uh, um, Ronald Reagan in Libya, which said, hey, you know what? We're not going to deal for this. And if you cut us, we're going to cut you twice as hard. Don't let them train there. Don't let them act up. And don't let them you, – if you get caught harboring them, we're going to deal with you swiftly. And we're going to deal with you accurately, and we, you will not forget what happened. And there's probably not many of your listeners that know what Ronald Reagan did, but it was drop a bomb on his house, and he killed his son. Yeah. Right through his front door, ding dong, oh my, rise and shine. You know there was no, <laughs> there was no hesitation. He didn't care. The country saying, hey, we don't want you flying over, and both and those that were true allies. I think it was France that he, you know, we call allies. They flew around, but there were other countries where we pretty much said go pound sand with flying over. Though you flash forward to this administration with Benghazi, but but after Reagan, we didn't sent, have the air rights to go through. After Reagan sent those A sixes over. 
you didn't hear another word from him. No. Uh, he'd come to the UN and give a crazy speech for like you know a couple hours. Later, after, yeah. after he. Uh, uh, kind of apologized, paid off all the victims for the Lockerbie Scotland attacks. He shows up and he essentially rents a golf course to live on for a week and he just goes and has a tirade while wearing a, uh, a bright orange moo moo. Yeah, he was pretty much he done. He became the comedic, uh, uh, the comedic fodder for a lot of countries. That's because <laughs> Reagan went after him and not somebody else. Right. Yep. And that's and what that's- Bush would do. And and mm-hmm. and Bush's approval ratings are going to continue to go up. I mean, read my article. I I, I invite everybody to read my article. Um, some may agree, some won't agree, but uh, um, that's my feeling on the matter, my opinion. Um, and while you're at it, take take a look at the flag that I I was presented, and I think uh, <laughs> people will have a uh, a big problem with that even today. Well, you know, Rooster, I always say two things I hate is political pundits and irony. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> if that wasn't one ironic flag, I don't know what is. And, 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 gonna, and I got to tell you that when we got the flag, myself and there were, there were four other veterans around me, we all saw the same thing at the same time. And, and if you could have seen the looks on their faces. And, and I'm going to explain it because we are a radio show, um, okay. but people can so they don't believe it. It's an American flag, and it's a small, is it like cellophane or plastic flag? Yeah, just a little um, small, you know, handheld flag. And, 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 and don't get me wrong, it was a very nice gesture by the kids. No, it's not the gesture that you're knocking. The fact yeah. that the words made in China are emblazoned in blue on the side, that's the problem. Yes. And, and that's the problem I have. Um, and I say it all the time. I actually, um, there's a company called All American Clothing out there right now that contacted us because uh, you and I were having this discussion on Twitter and they picked up on it. Um, I, I try as hard as I possibly can to uh, uh, buy American companies. And depending on what it is, some things you just have no choice on uh, in certain areas. But to have, I would never, and I made sure I checked when I went out to buy the flag for my house, my last flag, certainly. I double-checked where it was made, you know, and the, the flag that I bought specifically was made in Wisconsin. So for them to – for anybody to have an American flag and they send it to China to get made or an American flag, I just – it's just insane to me. Yeah, I, I – if there's one thing in this world that should be made in America, it's the, the American flag. Absolutely. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the times we live and in, sure. I guess. Yeah, well, but, uh, that, that's still not acceptable. I mean, like I said, I'm not blaming those children because it was a beautiful gesture, and they didn't know whoever bought it. No, they had they had no idea. Whatever. It was it was a great concert. I was I was very proud, a, a proud dad, and. Uh, <laughs> but once again, the irony of getting an American flag handed to you and it's made in China, it, it's just yeah, crazy. I, you know, it's, I, I got it. Have, and I, I just had to blog about it, <laughs> and I, I gotta tell you, it's one of the most popular posts on my website right now. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. Speaking of China kind of buying us out again, and we only have a couple minutes left, so I'm just going to tease this story. There's a company out there that's producing an engine that's supposed to be one of the most efficient low uh, um, low uh, gas use engines. I don't even know what the word is at the top of my head right now. Low emission? Low emission, thank Fuel you. Fuel efficient? <laughs> Fuel efficient. Green. Yes. There's a green car. There you go. And they were trying to eco-friendly. patent it and get it made here, and they were having problems with patent issues and licensing and a bunch of other things. So guess where it's going to be made now? 
China. It's going to be stamps made in China on the block now. Good for them. Run with it, and it's probably going to yeah. be one of the hottest selling engines going. Good for them. Yeah, speaking of fuel efficiency, uh, I'll just give you guys a little tease because I'm going to write about this. Um, you know what happened up in Boston. You're going to see a lot more of it, and 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 what's going to trigger it is the less dependent we are on Middle Eastern oil. Oh yeah, yeah, I completely you're going agree. To see their, you're going to see the true colors. Well, one thing I wanted to comment: How awesome was it that Janet Napolitano came out and said, "Oh no, this was there was no way this was part of a bigger plot," and as we're finding out, it seems like it was part of a bigger plot. Yeah, was, that's a good thing that Mirandized him. Yeah, well, you know that, that that and uh, let's let's all hope they're white. I, I heard that on the media <laughs> more than once, and and yeah, I saw the too. picture, and they were saying, "Hey, look, they're white." I knew right away they weren't. Right. That, that's, that's because you're uh, educated and you actually pay attention to the world. And we got to wrap up, but we discussed it last week that part of one of the things that the Muslim extremists said they were going to do is start using whiter-looking folks to do it because they blend in the crowds better and people pay less attention. So okay, hey, I'll leave you with this, guys. Muslim, radical Islamic terrorist, I hate him. I want to kill him. <laughs> That's Rooster from Conservative Hey, Thank you very much, Rooster. Thanks, Rooster. All right, guys. bye, guys. So that's it for the show this week. Join us next Friday night. Check us out, sackheadsradio.com, Facebook slash sackheadsradio, on Twitter at sackheads. Thank you so much to Clint for being the man again this week. Thank you for Sako for getting our sound up, and thank you for you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.